Chapter Fifteen of From Alien to Citizen: The Story of My Life in America by Edward Steiner. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Read by Michelle Fry, Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Chapter Fifteen: How Tramps Are Made. The great highways between the east and the west are now so familiar to me that even when the train stops between stations at night I am fairly sure of my whereabouts. I have traveled hither and thither, in Pullman cars, immigrant trains, automobiles, on a bicycle, on foot, and if the Lord were to make me the promise he made Joshua to give me every place which the sole of my foot has trod upon, I would own half this continent. It is needless to say that when, after my release from jail, I began my journey from Connellsville to Chicago, I owned nothing, and that the trip did not add to my possessions. Before many days I developed a very lively interest in the genus Hobo, numbers of whom I met. As a result, I frequently, and without twinge of conscience, break every sociological rule in regard to the treatment of tramps. I know by experience a number of things which the average sociologist has not learned in his university. I know, for instance, the processes which turn men out upon the highway, and with what cruelty and swiftness a self-respecting man may be turned into a tramp. Of course, I had had foretastes of all that was to come. I knew the pains of hunger, of cold, and of homelessness, but I had yet to learn what it was to be a social outcast, to walk the monotonous stretches of a long iron lane which has no turning, and to bear in one's heart a fierce hate toward the universe in general and county courts in particular. The only thing which made it at all bearable and kept me above the purposeless army of the tramps I met was the sweet vengeance which I nursed, that inner unity with all the oppressed, that welch smirts which then drew me toward the anarchists in chicago let me record here that although i thought organized society unjust and cruel the men and women whom i met while a tramp were as a rule good and more than just they were merciful the most crabbed pessimist might be cured of his disease by being suddenly thrust out into the world a tramp and should he persist in his pessimism he would find himself nearly alone among that ilk which perhaps is so numerous just because men and women are kind no measures advocated to suppress the tramp are too rigorous and i agree with all the anathemas hurled upon his head but as long as i live i shall give every tramp i meet a chance to prove himself a man even if he fails me, I shall remember not only my own frailties, but also the fact that he is not the only member of society who is willing to eat bread which he has not earned, and ride on trains without paying his fare. I have met tramps in all shifts of society, and those at the bottom are not its most serious menace. I was turned into a tramp overnight. As I had worn my miner's outfit while in that delightful resort, the county jail of Connellsville, when i was released at four o'clock one afternoon i had on fairly good clothes but not a single cent of money in my numerous pockets i returned to the hut which first had sheltered me the old woman was still washing clothes in the stuffy room the old man was sleeping in the dirty bed and the children were as before in all stages of neglect the strike had lasted long the cupboard was empty and they had a lodger so she could not offer me even half of the old man's bed I slept that night about five miles out of town in an empty coal car, and when I woke my clothes were soiled, my face black, and as far as society was concerned, I was a tramp. 
no doubt if i could have looked into a mirror i would have been repellent to myself why therefore should i blame others for shunning me i walked without food the whole day westward always westward in the evening hunger drove me into a farmyard the dogs barked at me and the children scampered away crying excitedly a tramp the farmer had pity on me and took me in i worked for him the next day stayed that night and in the morning he tried to persuade me to remain and work out my salvation on his farm but i wanted to go to chicago and refused his generous offer he went with me as far as the water tank a good two-mile walk he talked to me all the way he spoke to my soul to my better self as few other men have ever spoken and when he left me i felt as if a holy presence had departed i frequently pass that farm on my trips east and i always take off my hat to the little house as i say a mental thank you i call the place emmaus for here i walked with the lord and knew it not the first night after leaving the farm i was twenty miles nearer my goal hungry and footsore a dear old german couple fed me and gave me their guest chamber for the sake of a son who had wandered away into a far country in the morning i helped with the chores and after breakfast they had family worship they prayed for their son that he might come back and for me that i might be led home the next day i worked on another farm where the owner urged me to stay as tutor to his sons for he discovered that i took more interest in the latin textbook than in the woodpile on which he tried my abilities and my patience i remained a week but found that i could make more impression on the woodpile than on the lad's latin so i left them with five dollars in my pocket joying in my riches my journey westward was interrupted for a good many weeks by a st bernard dog and a young lady if this were a novel there would have been a romance being a true story there was none the dog had an aversion to tramps which he demonstrated on me and the young lady came to the rescue the farm was a model one the house homelike and the family hospitable my wound was dressed and i was urged to remain until it healed and i confess i did not regret it my environment was congenial as there were books and music the daughter of the house interested me greatly for she was a charming college girl the first of her species to cross my path unfortunately this episode ended unpleasantly as it began my host was from alsace lorraine one evening in discussing the franco-prussian war he grew enraged at my defence of the germans and with more force than politeness declared what i had several times suggested that i was sufficiently recovered to resume my journey which i did without loss of time that night i slept in the open once more with a bundle of grain as my pillow not all my experiences were so dramatic or so pleasant as the one just recorded one particular place remains in my memory for it had a unique way of making the useless tramp profitable i suppose it was known all through trampdom for no one could get anything to eat in that town without earning it first it is the junction point of a railroad and at night a meal and a lodging could be earned by climbing upon a coal car and throwing coal down the embankment the community thus got its coal the tramps earned their living honestly those i met were of two kinds professionals and amateurs like myself who might be turned into professionals if conditions proved favorable those who were in the business frequently capitalized their skill and lived upon the toil of the amateurs there were good and evil men among them and some who were both in varied proportion there were men who were born wrong others who started wrong many who would end wrong and they knew it all were redeemable at one time or another if society only knew when and how 
after many weeks of varied adventures i reached south bend indiana in company with a german tramp who had previous experience on the road and through him i found a german boarding-house whose greatest profits evidently came from the bar within a day i was at work in the oliver plough factory my task was an easy but monotonous one with a pair of tongs i seized a piece of hot metal laid it upon a machine touched the lever and a heavy hammer descended turning the shapeless iron as if by magic into a ploughshare a busy machine in front of me fed my never decreasing pile and a hungry machine behind me waited for each ploughshare which i had helped stamp into being in but a few days i kept pace with both machines and earned one dollar and fifty cents for twelve hours labor i worked in a basement which was fairly cool because it was damp but the damp and the heat in some way produced rheumatism within two weeks i was on my back in the hands of a physician who took all my earnings in exchange for the return of my health for which he or my buoyant youth was responsible i have not yet decided he forbade me to go to work in the damp basement and as there was no other job to be had i found myself again on the road to chicago this time on the lake shore afoot as usual an interesting event occurred during my stay in south bend which influenced me in various ways and should be recorded i discovered that a certain village was some seven miles from that city I remembered the name because the bohemian people who came over with me in the steerage had moved to a farm in that neighborhood true to the sense of fellowship begotten in the steerage i went out to find them they were located on a little farm and had begun with patient industry to recover their fortune lost in the old world three daughters and two sons worked together on the farm in spite of the fact that they had been removed but a short time from the steerage i found many evidences of americanizing influences i shall mention two of them because each worked in a different direction one was a bohemian newspaper printed in chicago typically american in all but the language it fitted into my anarchistic mood for it was atheistic in its tendency the second agency was a little protestant church of the ultra evangelistic type which although this family was roman catholic had touched it especially from the social side on sunday evening i went to church with the daughters the sons did not go for they were under the spell of the bohemian newspaper it was a new experience and the unconventional unecclesiastical atmosphere touched me the music repelled me at first but after a while the rhythm of the hymns caught my fancy and i sang the chorus of an emotional revival hymn with real pleasure the sermon was almost unintelligible to me but the earnestness of the preacher made its primitive appeal the men and women at the meeting called each other brother and sister they shook hands with the stranger and invited him to come again their cordiality breathed around me an atmosphere of fellowship for which my heart had long yearned that night on returning to the farmhouse we discussed religion until nearly midnight when i left i promised to come again but was prevented from doing so by my illness and subsequent departure from south bend more than twenty-five years passed before i returned and then i lectured in the meeting-house i think my most appreciative listeners were the bohemian girls with their husbands and children who occupied the two front pews and filled every seat End of chapter fifteen